welcome you uh, to episode two of the 938 podcast. Uh, my name is Craig Stevenson, and I'm an associate mission director here with the BBFI mission office uh, in Springfield, Missouri. And we are excited to be here again, uh, again for episode two. And um, we want to also encourage you to click subscribe on this video and like and share this. And uh, let's see if we can build that audience up and uh, so more people can be involved and in hearing more about who we are and what we do at the mission office for the churches and missionaries of the Baptist Bible Fellowship International. And uh, today we have uh, with us uh, John Connerup, our mission director. Uh, and John, it's great to have you uh, here. Thank you very much. I'm excited about our second podcast of the year and uh, being able to explain a lot of things about what goes on in missions with the BBFI. Yeah, that's that's great. I, I know last week was episode one. We had John Haley, uh, pastor of Hallmark Baptist mm-hmm. Church uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, on uh, with you. And you guys had a, a really a great conversation. I uh, just gave a, a great overview of BBFI yes. missions, yep. and I was thankful to have uh, John Haley here last week and, and excited about really uh, everything we have planned this entire year. Uh, we have a, uh, every week we have an episode going on, and uh, excited about everything that we have going on. We have a lot planned. Uh, so what does it mean to you just uh, having the opportunity to have a podcast like this? Yeah, you know, it gives us the opportunity as a mission office to really share uh, the ins and outs of our office and all that we do. A lot of people really have no idea uh, all the details and the things that we do cover and that we do provide the services that we provide for our missionaries and our churches. And also it gives us an opportunity over the next uh, weeks and months to talk about our missionaries and how, the way that God's using them and uh, the works and the ministries that they have around the world. So uh, I think this is a great platform that we have just to present BBFI missions worldwide. Yeah, and, and I love it because we get to share stories. Yes. You know, we get to talk about our missionaries. And I tell you what, the, the best part of BBFI missions is our, our churches and our missionaries. And yep. to see that partnership and to see what goes on there and to see the work that God's using them all around the world. And actually, we're going to get to a lot of that later right. uh, today and talk about a lot of those stories and stuff uh, through this episode. But, you know, you've been mission director here now for a while. So how many years have you been mission director here? Well, uh, in May, it'll be 16 years. Wow, 16 years. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when people hear the name John Connerup, they think mission director of the Baptist Bible Fellowship. Um, but you know, I know, um, you're more than just a title, right? You're more than just the mission director. Uh, you're more than just someone who takes care of the mission business right. of the fellowship. Yeah. Um, so why don't we do this? So let, let's kick off. Tell us a little bit more about your story. Um, where were you a missionary? Where were you born? I mean, let, let's go back because it, it's really a, an intriguing story. All the way story. back there, huh? All the way back there <laughs> and talking about people spitting in your face or whatever oh, you want to talk about, okay. you know. Um, but yeah, give us a little bit more uh, background on you, where you came from, sure. your family, uh, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, my parents uh, went to Ethiopia in 1960 as BBFI missionaries. And they had three children at the time. I was not yet born. I was born a few years later. But they went to Ethiopia. It was a very remote, well, they went into a very remote area of Ethiopia initially and lived in a tent for two years. And, uh, you know, that was just an an amazing experience for them, first of all, because they went somewhere where the gospel had not been preached or talked about. That's incredible. And so they went into that area of Ethiopia. And then soon after uh, I was born, uh, I was born in a hospital in the capital city, but then a few weeks later when my parents took me back up to the countryside in the north where we lived uh, in a village, the ladies wanted to come by and see this newborn baby, 
an American newborn baby. Did it have 10 fingers, 10 toes, you know, like their kids. So anyways, they came by and 30 ladies lined up to come see me. My mom held me out there and, uh, you know, proud of her baby. And they all came by and did something that my mom was not expecting. And they all spit on me. And uh, now my mom wanted to turn and and run, you know, from that experience after the first one. But she thought if I'm ever going to be able to witness to them and share the gospel, I've got to stay here and, and endure the whole, all 30 of them yeah. coming by and doing it. So uh, that was my first cross-cultural experience. And, uh, you know, I asked my mom later on when I heard that story why they did that. And she said they did it for two reasons. Number one, that's their way of giving their blessing on a newborn baby. And it's also a way of keeping evil spirits away. And they lived in such great fear of evil spirits and, and Satan and, and, uh, and, and just all kinds of things they would do to keep him away, to appease these yeah. evil spirits. And so uh, it was really amazing to see my parents be in that part of the world, sharing the gospel with those people. And many of them came to know Jesus Christ, yeah. and that impacted me as a young man. Uh, then communism came to Ethiopia. We had to uh, leave the country. Um, you know, for the safety of the believers because they were in together with us. And so then we moved just south to the country of Kenya. I was in high school at that time, which was really a fascinating place to live in high at, in the years of high school age. Uh, I had a motorcycle. I used to chase giraffes and zebras on my yeah, motorcycle. That's incredible. And not many young people can say they've done that. And uh, again, I saw my parents uh, minister to people evangelize, disciple people, start churches. And the difference that they made in so many lives impacted me as a young man again. Then I went to college. Uh, I was going to study television production. I wanted to work with an organization that filmed missionaries and then showed it back on TV in the United States called Priority One International. Today they're called Right Now Media. And so I got to know them real well, and they're like family And I thought, that's what I want to do. So I went to Liberty University and studied television production. But in my sophomore year, uh, we had a missions emphasis week. And Jack Baskin was the speaker at Liberty. And uh, his challenges and the things that he said just really impacted me as a young man. In fact, he said one thing. He said, if God hasn't called you to America, then you need to go somewhere else. And that spoke to me. Yeah, sure. And so I surrendered at that time to be a missionary. And uh, so that's kind of how things went at that time. I met my wife at Liberty University. And then we uh, got married. Uh, We did our internship in Texas uh, with a church there in Georgetown, Texas, Pastor Don Ledbetter, who today is with the Lord. But then uh, we went to Kenya in 1988 as missionaries and served there until 1998. Then Dr. Baird, our former director, asked me to come work in the mission office. Okay. So what, so, did, he, what did he ask you to come do? I mean, uh, was it because uh, you did media when you first came to the office, yes. right? That was kind of yes. your, your main thing. Well, he said, I want you to come to do a couple of things. Because when he first asked me to come to the mission office, my, my initial response was, why would I want to do that? <laughs> I sure. mean, I've lived yeah. in Africa most of my life. That's yeah. where I'm serving. God was blessing. We had just started a new church yeah. two years previously. It was going great. And so I said, why would I want to do that? Well, he said, just pray about it. So I said, okay, we'll pray about it. I said, what are some things you would want me to do? He said, well, first of all, I'd like you to travel with me around the world and videotape our missionaries so that we could show 
those stories in our churches. And I thought, wow, that's what I initially wanted to do. Yeah, how incredible is that? And then he said, I want you to be an associate director and travel around to our churches and challenge our young people for missions. And so I did that for seven years until I became the mission director. Well, I tell you what, it's it's certainly an honor to work with you. And I appreciate just, um, I appreciate your leadership uh, and everything that you do for our office. We, I mean, we have an incredible team, but you know, I think your family, um, and I, you know, if you want to learn more about uh, John's family, I want to encourage you to go to store.bbfimissions.com. Uh, we have a new online store that has all kinds of things, clothing and all kinds of uh, different resources and stuff. And you'll hear about resources and things over the next uh, several episodes and, and throughout this entire year here on the 938 podcast. But I want to encourage you, uh, uh, John actually wrote a book uh, called yes. From Alcatraz to Africa. Yes. Now, I got to tell you, um, that title is just intriguing to me, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the places I've always wanted to go, but I've never had a chance to go to is Alcatraz. Right. Um, but From Alcatraz to Africa, and and I would say, you can, you can expand on this if you want to, but if you want to learn what that title has to do with his story uh, and the family, uh, his family history, then I encourage you to, to get the book and read it. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. But you can pick that up at store.bbfimissions.com, order yours. And uh, I know that would be a great blessing to you yeah, as it was to me. Yeah. But. It's really an interesting part of the history in our family um, because of my mom's experience yeah. on the island of Alcatraz as a little girl. And that's all I'm going to say. Wow. But the book starts out with stories of things that happened on that island and how that then impacted um, my family toward going to Africa as missionaries. Yeah, well, I, I will also, I'll spoil one other thing, that he was not an inmate on Alcatraz. So, yes, so let me that say is that. True. He was not an inmate. That is true. So, but yeah, I encourage you to, to pick up that resource. You know, um, as mission director, um, you know, I've been here in Springfield now for uh, almost five years. And uh, just to, to have the ability to come to work, um, not just with you, and I, and I appreciate that, but also with the team that you've built here. Yes. Uh, we really have an incredible team. Uh, I think of uh, you know Mike Escabel, who, who helps uh, behind the cameras and things right. here at this 938 podcast, and very thankful for him and, and his talent. I think of Kenna, who does incredible work, but uh, just talk to us just a little bit about the team that we have here, because just it's an honor to be on a part of this team. Sure. Yeah, we've we've got about 20 people that work in the mission office. So we do quite a bit for our churches and our missionaries with just 20 people. Yeah, which is incredible. Yes. And so, as you mentioned, we have an IT person. We have a media team. Mike Escobel does a great job with all of our media, the, the, the videos we're putting out, all kinds of things that we do. And he's got two part-time people that help him. We have administrative assistants that work uh, alongside of our uh, directors. Uh, I have uh, Carol Miller as my administrative assistant. And then our associate directors each have one. We have a, a maintenance person that takes care of our whole building and our, and our uh, property outside, uh, the grounds. And uh, we have someone that manages all the mail that comes through and uh, helps with our medical uh, and just a number of other ladies that, that help us out, and a, an accountant, uh, uh, accounts receivable, uh, you know, that helps with our online giving. I mean, everybody really has multiple tasks uh, that, we, that we do. Yeah, sure. And uh, then, of course, our associate directors, myself, together, we have about 38 years of experience as missionaries. As missionaries. And so when our missionaries have issues or things or, or, uh, that maybe they need help with, uh, they know that they can come to us because we've had experience. We've been there. Yeah. We can help them. 
Well, and, and I think about that, and I think of our other associate directors, and, and they'll be on the 938 podcast throughout the process of this year, and excited to have them a part of this 938 podcast team. And But when I think about uh, our other directors, and I think about you and, and me, the, the chance just to get together and, and traveling and go around and see the impact of BBFI missions. Yes. Um, and hear the stories, hear what God's doing around the world. It, it, it's just an incredible thing to be a part of. Yes. Uh, so what would you say to churches um, uh, that are out there right now that are saying, hey, you know, why should we invest in BBFI missions? Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they should sure. invest in BBFI missions. we're going to talk missions. about a lot of those yes. over, the, over the next few weeks. Yes, but, but. you know, uh, first of all, uh, BBFI missions, we've been around since 1950, and uh, God has blessed our efforts. He's blessed the training through our colleges, uh, Boston Baptist College and uh, Baptist Bible College here in Springfield and uh, Louisiana Baptist University. God's blessed us with those training institutions. And then our people have gone out and just really done the work. Yeah. And, you know, our focus is evangelism, discipleship, church planning. Sure. And that's exactly what we've done. It doesn't mean we don't have other outreaches like schools or clinics or feeding centers and things like that. We do that. But our focus is to win people for, yeah, and, to Jesus. And that's been our core since we started in 1950. Yes. But, you know, I, I think about uh, over 70 years of history mm-hmm. in missions mm-hmm. just as a, as a movement, I would yes. say. Um, you can't have that much history without having some incredible stories. Right. So are there any, any people, any stories that just really stick out to you? And now, I mean, we could sit here for days and talk yes. about every missionary and, and what God's done, but are there anyone that sticks out to you or, or any situation, any place around the world that sticks out to you? That's just something that's just an incredible story that would be good for our viewers sure. uh, today to hear about. Well, you know, one of the things about our building here is we do have a museum. And so a lot of people don't know that, but we have a lot of artifacts from around the world uh, that our missionaries have brought in. And, and a lot of those artifacts have different stories that go along with yeah. them. And uh, so if you're ever in our building and you want to come see our museum, uh, I would encourage you to do that. But I think, first of all, our first mission director, Fred Donaldson, he and his family, they were in China back in the 1930s okay. before we were even established. Yeah. They were missionaries. And uh, they were there as church planters, and they had started churches. And then the Japanese invaded China. And uh, it was a very difficult time. So uh, I was able to go there a number of years ago in, into Shanghai, where they had their ministry initially. Oh, wow, that's incredible. And so I, I had an opportunity to sit down with a, a man and his two sisters. They were in their late 60s. And they began to tell me the story of their experience with Fred Donaldson. Really? And uh, so it was really neat to hear because they talked about how their dad worked with Fred Donaldson and uh, in the in the church there in Shanghai Baptist Tabernacle. And so as they began to tell the story, I was just enthralled with what I was hearing. And what they said was when the Japanese invaded, uh, they, they were putting people in concentration camps. But any, those who were believers in Christ, they were torturing them and wow. killing many of them. Yeah. In fact, these, this brother, this, this man and his two sisters told me the story about their dad who, because he was working with the missionary, they took Bibles and put them around his neck and lit them on fire and burned him to death wow. in front of the kids. Man, that's, in, that's crazy. And they killed their mother. Uh, but then also they told the story that the day before that happened, their dad came to them and gave them a book and said, you will, in this book, you'll find out how to find me again in the future, oh, wow. how to see me again. 
And so they were separated and put in different concentration camps. The, the boy, at that time he was a boy, he, uh, just a young boy, he read that book, which was the Bible, and got saved and wow. realized what his dad was telling him, That's that incredible. one day in heaven I will get to see my dad again. So he got the book through some friends uh, to his sister. She got saved. The other uh, sister got the Bible, and she got saved. And so now they're sitting around a table telling me this story. And I was just amazed at it, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And yeah. so then they reached down into a bag, and they said, here is the Bible that our dad gave to wow. us. Wow, so they had the Bible that they was had given the Bible. to them on that day. And I have it right here. And that's the one right there. This is the Bible. Oh, my goodness. That they handed to me, and with tears in their eyes, they said, please thank the people in America for sending the gospel. Oh, my goodness. Sending missionaries. I'll tell you what, I, I think of people like that, and how would they have heard? Exactly. I mean, how would they have heard if... if um, they wouldn't have had God's word. And how That's many right. more people are out there right now that are just waiting yes. for someone to bring the gospel to them? I mean, it's yes. an incredible uh, opportunities all around the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that is just one of the many stories of our missionaries. But I think of Bob Hughes, who uh, went as a missionary to the Philippines. He had been a pastor in America, went to the Philippines and, and uh, wanted to pass out, I think it was a million Bibles and, and just to have an impact on that island. And and although his life ended early because of cancer, the impact of his life has, has just spread throughout all those islands, and thousands or millions are saved today just because of his willingness to go as a missionary. So I think of Bob Hughes. Uh, then you can go all the way to Africa, to Elmer and Mary Deal. Oh, yeah. You know, they were our first missionaries there back in the yeah. 50s, I believe, they okay. went. And uh, they went to the Congo uh, which became Zaire, and then it's now Congo again, yeah, and, sure. and it's changed its name. But because of their dedicated uh, faithfulness, even through wars and all kinds of difficulties that they had to hide and escape and go through, they still reached out with the gospel, led people to Christ, discipled them, started churches. And today there's over 140 churches throughout the Congo because of their ministry. Wow. So God took someone, I mean, just a regular person that had just surrendered to them. Yes. And now there's over 140 churches. Yes. Oh, and my goodness. some of them are large churches. Yeah. And they continue on even today. And that's incredible. And so people who are ordinary give their lives to God. God can take you and do some amazing things through you that perhaps you would never yeah. have imagined. And, and what God wants is our willingness just to say, God, here I am. Send me wherever you want me to go, whenever yes. you want me to go. Yes. I, I'm willing. And that's what these, these people have done. That's right. A, any others that you yeah. just stick out? Well, me? one of my favorite ones is, is always uh, Marjorie Browning. Marjorie sure. Browning was a young lady here in Springfield area and uh, wanted to be a missionary, was engaged to a young man, but then had been diagnosed with a, a fatal disease. So she broke off the engagement, not wanting him to have to go through wow. that process that she was going to face. And so then later... Uh, you know, she decided I'm going to keep serving the Lord until this fatal disease takes my life. Well, she ended up being living into, into her 80s. <laughs> That's incredible. And she, she went to Brazil as a missionary, a yeah. single lady, and uh, served there for over 50 years Man. and went out into remote areas, rode a horse. Uh, she would have to ride a horse to go check her mail once a month, eight hours one way to on check her mail on a horse. Oh, my goodness. Lived in a very remote area. I got to visit her. Um, and so in the last few years, though, she has uh, passed away, went on to heaven. Yeah. 
Um, but one of the interesting things that I have here is uh, the spur that she would wear when she would ride her horse. And she it was in a very remote area, a very hot area. And uh, she would uh, wear flip-flops, but she had her spur on with her flip-flops as with, she would ride her horse. With her flip-flops. You yes. don't see that very often. No, you don't see That's that funny. for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Marjorie Browning, um, you know, this is just one of the, the many, and I like what you said, artifacts that we have in the museum. You know, I think about these items, and, you know, these are just two that have stories. We have a, a, so many others that have story after story behind them. Yes. And, uh, you know, when I think of Marjorie Browning, it, it reminds me, we have some, some really big news coming mm-hmm. up here on March 2nd. Um, here on the 938 podcast, and I want to encourage you uh, again uh, to click subscribe and like and share this video because uh, you're going to want to stay up to date on future episodes, especially yes. uh, this March 2nd date. So That's we're right. kicking off something incredible. That's right. And I am I'm thrilled to death about uh, what we're going to get to talk about on that day, but it has specifically uh, to do with Marjorie Browning. She's mm-hmm. one, one piece of a, of a much bigger picture that we're going to yeah. unveil on that day. So again, very exciting. Yeah, I want to encourage you to... Uh, 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 click subscribe and uh, stay up to date and then like and share uh, this video as well as future uh, episodes of the 938 podcast. And so just excited about what we're getting to do there. You know, we have a such a rich history, um, really, just as, as a fellowship. Um, but, you know, our, our work really isn't just in the past. That's right. There's a lot going on right now. There sure so, is. Um, tell us some, some stories about missionaries around the world right now. Um, and again, this is just another yeah. portion where we could go on and on and, and uh, you could pick any number, I'm sure, of right. uh, hundreds of, uh, of missionaries. But yes. uh, any any that you'd like to, to share about, any that really stick out to you right now? Well, there's so many, and uh, because of time, just got a few. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's hard to know where to start. But let me, let me start in Latin America. Okay. And I think of Oliver Williams and uh, Gloria yeah. and just the ministry they've had for actually for a long time. But they've started many churches in Peru. They've seen a lot of those churches start more churches in Peru. Okay. And then also those churches are now sending missionaries to different parts of the world. Oh, wow. And then in turn, they also oversee the seminary. And it's a very, very good seminary that's been around for a long time and has trained a lot of these pastors throughout Latin America, actually. Okay. And so Oliver and Gloria Williams have been faithful for so many years and have seen just the ministry in Peru just mushroom and grow and expand even wow. worldwide. Yeah, that's incredible. So I, I, I always enjoy visiting them there. Yeah. And then I, I think of uh, Pakistan. Okay. Um, we have uh, a young family in Pakistan, and just for security reasons, I'm sure. not going to give their name. Yeah, sure. But they're actually building again upon a ministry of one of our early missionaries, uh, the Colemans, who went to Pakistan in the 50s. Uh, but our missionaries now are building upon that ministry that they started, yeah. and they've got 30 churches that have spread throughout Pakistan. 30 churches. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And what's really uh, amazing is they have the freedom to be a missionary there. And so they're asking me, John, can you, can you encourage more people to wow. surrender and come to Pakistan? We, Pakistan. Can, we can get work permits into Pakistan, in Pakistan. as missionaries. Wow. So, so there's opportunities there uh, in Pakistan, and, and I've been able to visit there. Uh, it's a fascinating place. Yes, it's not an easy work, yeah. but God's using our people there, and some really neat things are happening. Uh, uh, then I go to Asia. And I think of Paul Byers, Paul and Ellen Byers. Sure. They've been there for a number of years. Um, Paul is uh, probably very close to being 100% blind. Okay. 
um, and his wife has some health issues. But if there's any couple that could say, you know what, we've got the reasons why we could retire today and not be a missionary anymore, they would be a couple who could do that. But they stay there. They continue to serve in spite of all those things. And so Paul is a pastor of a church there in, uh, in the um, Manila area. And that church is growing, and they do a lot for missions. They're sending missionaries That's out. incredible. But then also he's, uh, he's like the mission director of the Asian Baptist Clearinghouse. Okay. And they've sent out, uh, I don't know how many missionaries it is now, but over 150 families yeah. around the world from Filipino churches. Yeah, that's incredible. And the churches in the Philippines support those missionaries. Yeah. And they're church planning missionaries, and they've gone all around the world. Yeah, and that's so, incredible. You know, one of my favorite trips that I've been on, uh, I got, had the privilege two years ago, actually yes. next month, uh, or this month, um, to go over, and I uh, was speaking for Lance uh, Gocher mm-hmm. uh, for their missions conference and got to go visit with Paul yes. uh, there at uh, the office and uh, just to see, meet the ladies that work in, in their office yes. um, in that clearinghouse and, Six and ladies. what they're doing and uh, to see him and his faithfulness and just to, to hear about his story has just been incredible. Right, right. So. And Paul's, he's just a very uh, faithful servant of yeah. God. Uh, and, and he has traveled around the world, even through Africa, even with his blindness, by himself. By himself. Yeah, that's and incredible. Well, I, I go on a lot of these trips, and it's, yeah. it's hard sometimes and, and to find out and think about where you're supposed to be going. But he does it yeah. even without having his sight. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, stay in the Philippines. And this is one of the things that I really, really love to tell about. And that's the, the, the ministry that's built upon what Bob Hughes started. Yeah. And, uh, and, and through his ministry, a man by the name of Army Gisalva, okay. who was a, a, a doctor, I think a pediatrician, uh, came to know Christ and then later called by God to pastor the church that Bob Hughes had started there, Bible Baptist Church in Cebu. Yeah. And that church is amazing. I think yeah. they run 11,000 on Sundays. 11,000. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And God's used that church now because of the government of the Philippines has said, we need someone to go around and teach our people um, uh, how to overcome addiction, yeah. family values, things like this. So that church said, we'll be the ones to do it. Yeah. So they've been given the authority and the freedom to go throughout all those islands, teaching those things, and then they also add the gospel. Wow. And uh, so they've gone throughout the islands, and I think the last I heard over the last few years now, and, and the story is much more than what I'm telling you here, but, oh, yeah, sure. but now they've reached over 9.5 million people have been saved over, through their efforts. Over 9.5 million people. Yes, yes, through those islands. Wow. Now, we have churches to follow up on all those. All two, those churches. We? There's 5,000 churches a, wow. that we have in the Philippines, so they're doing the follow-up. College students are doing the follow-up. Man. And I've seen the map that they have, and it's just going as they, they, they color it red as they spread throughout all those islands. Oh, and it's wow. just amazing to yeah, see. Yeah, that's incredible to, to hear uh, of any church. Um, number one, running 11,000 people speaks yes. to, to God's work and what he's doing in, the, in that church. But uh, not only that, but to see that many people coming to Christ wow. as Savior. Wow. You know, how about, uh, let's go to Africa. Anyone in Africa that really sticks out to you? I mean, we've, we've hit some other areas, but... Uh, just thinking yeah, about that. Yeah, you know, I think of uh, Randy Sturwalt. Okay. Randy Sturwalt is today in heaven. He recently died of cancer. Yeah. But Randy's been one of those faithful missionaries, just given it, given his life for years and years, faithful, faithful. I remember talking to him uh, a few years ago and said, Randy, what would you say uh, is 
the answer to the success that God, that you've seen in God's work through you. And he said, John, the thing is longevity, staying with it, staying yeah. with it. Don't give up. Don't quit. He said yeah. in the year 14 of his ministry, he was ready to quit, but he thought, I can't. God's called me. Yeah. I'm going to stay. And in year 15, things began to really grow and mushroom. Yeah. And now he is built upon the work of some of our early missionaries, but through his efforts in ministry, he has now seen in that part of Kenya over 700 churches. Over 700 yes, churches. Through his ministry. Oh my and, goodness. And it, now some of them are small and some of them meet outside, yeah, but they sure. are, they're churches that are reaching their community. Wow. And some of the churches run over a thousand. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, so there's, there's just another example. Over 700 churches yeah. in one country from yes. the ministry of a missionary that just surrendered his life and said, God, I'll go. Yes. And I tell you what, I, I, I've had the, the privilege of meeting him um, many years ago, mm -hmm. and I, I never would have thought just from meeting him that he was involved in over 700 right. churches. Yeah. And it's amazing because we see missionaries all the time that are doing just incredible works that, you know, you meet them and they're very unassuming people. They're right. very humble people. Um, they're people that really, uh, at their core, they just said, God, I want to be used of you. And, and they gave their life and, mm -hmm. and God's taken that and has done incredible things right. about that uh, with their with their life. And so, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking about someone that might be watching that's saying, hey, you know, I, I hear all this. And, and uh, I mean, these are heroes in the faith as far as we're concerned. I mean, these are people that have gone before us and, and even people that are around the world right now. What would you say to the person right now that's watching this video that says, how can I do that? Yeah. How can I get involved in that? Because I, I want God to use my life like he's used theirs. Right. What would you say to them? Well, first of all, I always encourage people to get in touch with their pastor. Talk to your pastor first and find out how can I get involved in church? Because if you're going to be faithful and do the that's work right. here yes. and lead people to Christ here, God's going to use you somewhere else. And so get involved in church. Talk to your pastor. But also go to our website bbfimissions.com. And you'll find in on our website, there's a lot of opportunities that are shared there in ways that you can be a part and serve God. And, and we even have some things to help you take the next step and what's, what's next, what can yeah. you do uh, to, to get involved. And then I think about um, just through that website, you can contact us. Yeah. And, and if you take that step and you come to the mission office, you're going to, you're going to contact Craig yeah. and he's the one who's going to help you to think about what, what steps do you need to take from here? Yeah. And, and I, I really, I, I love talking with people that are just like, Hey, I want to go. I don't yes. necessarily know where I just want to go be used of God and I want to go around the world. Or, you know, maybe that, that person that comes in and talks to me and says, Hey, you know, I, I feel God calling me to this mm -hmm. specific location. Mm -hmm. And part of the, the joy of my position here, getting to, to work with new candidates, and, and we all get to see this yes. on a regular basis, so it's not unique to me, but is getting to, to see someone from the first time, uh, maybe we connected in college, when they were in college, maybe we connected when they contacted us, but getting to see them walk through the process yeah. and now be getting to the field to begin seeing what God's doing in their life. It's just yeah. an incredible, an really incredible is. part of what we get to see on a daily basis. Yeah. And I, I would also say... Um, pray for more missionaries. Yeah. And as you're on your knees praying for God to send somebody, God's going to answer that prayer in one of two ways. Yeah. He's going to answer your prayer and send somebody, or he's going to answer your prayer and send you. Send you. That's right. And so 
Uh, I challenge you to pray at 9.38 in the morning or 9.38 at night for more labors and watch God answer your prayers. But when you're on your knees, that's exactly where God wants you to be. And then he can work in your life. Yeah, and and I love that. And 9.38, obviously, that has become a very important number. Yes. for us around uh, the BBFI missions for a lot of reasons. But that goes back to Matthew 9:38, mm-hmm. and a challenge that you put together uh, several years ago um, uh, to pray for more laborers. And I, I know Matthew 9:38 that is a prayer request uh, from Jesus for us to pray for more laborers. Amen. So just take just a minute and, and talk about that challenge. I, I know I just gave a little bit of detail, but um, I, and I know you mentioned it some last week as well, but um, where are, ple- where, who, who are some of the people that are, that have taken this challenge on? I mean, uh, as a director, mm-hmm. I, I have that and nine thirty-eight mm-hmm. uh, in the morning and in the evening, uh, my phone buzzes, uh, just talk about that for just a minute and just kind of give us a, an yeah. idea of what that looks like. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was reading, of course, Matthew nine thirty-seven and 38, where Jesus said, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Yeah. And I began to think, you know, that's exactly our world today. Yeah. When we live in a world with unbelievable opportunities worldwide, at the same time, we're seeing the number of missionaries declining, not just with our organization, but with many organizations. And so uh, and then, I, then I read verse 38 where Jesus basically tells us what to do. He doesn't say give. He doesn't say go. He just says pray. Yeah, just pray. And I've had a lot of people say, what can I do to make a difference yeah. in world missions? The task of the Great Commission is huge. What can I do? And I just say, you can pray. Yeah, that's right. You, you can, can pray. pray. That's what Jesus said to do. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I encourage people to do, is just pray for more laborers. I, I also think that one of the reasons why maybe we have fewer missionaries today is because fewer people are praying for yeah, more missionaries. Sure. So I've, I've encouraged churches in Kenya, Tanzania, um, Taiwan, Korea, uh, Costa Rica, uh, Pakistan, other places around yeah. the world. And there are people around the world who have taken up this challenge, including here in the United States already. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you, as, as associate director and, and as the mission director uh, yourself and our other associate directors, uh, we encourage churches as we visit churches. Uh, we talk about the 938 challenge yes. and we encourage churches all the time to be involved with that. And, you know, if you'd like to have a, one of our associate directors or, or even uh, John uh, Connor, right. uh, our mission director, come to your church. Um, mm-hmm. We would love to, to come in and, and talk with uh, your, your people about the 938 challenge, uh, as well as everything else that we do here yes. in the mission office and what God's doing around the world. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm excited about this podcast. I, I love it. I love these conversations, having the, the opportunity to, to tell stories. You know, we live in a storytelling generation like none other and, mm-hmm. and having the ability to, to get together and tell stories and, and talk in this type of platform uh, is just an incredible opportunity for us. Uh, but not just for us, but for the viewer as well right. to get more of a behind the scenes look at who we are and what we do on a daily basis. Yes. And uh, excited about that. Again, want to encourage you to click subscribe uh, and stay up to date on all future episodes of the 938 podcast. Um, and then also like and share uh, this on all of your social media uh, platforms that you're a part of. And let's try to build this base so we can we can get more people in uh, hearing about what God's doing around the world and, and yeah. uh, hearing about opportunities that are Amen. available for for everyone. And don't forget to tune in on March 2nd. March 2nd. That's going to be the big reveal, I guess you could call it. Uh, That podcast is going to be really important. So we hope you'll tune in for that one especially. And and people say, hey, can you give me a teaser? Uh, What is this about? Um, Give us some more details. We've given you a few teasers today uh, Mm -hmm. on this, but for more, I, I think we just simply say, 
Tune in on March Tune 2nd. In. That's it. Tune in on March 2nd, and you will get all the information. And uh, it's going to be an incredible year uh, through the 938 podcast. Uh, so don't forget, uh, click subscribe, like, and share the video. And then uh, tune in back on March 2nd. Uh, but remember, every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, we are going to be uh, right here on YouTube uh, with the 938 podcast. And I just want to say thank you, uh, John Connor, for yes. being with us uh, and being part of this uh, 938 podcast. I'm enjoying and, it. Yeah, looking forward to the next few weeks because it's going to be you and I the next couple of weeks talking yes. about a variety of things. Um, and uh, specifically next week, talking about opportunities yes. uh, around the world and how people uh, watching can get involved in missions. And so uh, tune in next week for that episode. And we hope you have a wonderful day. And we will see you next week.